Today is September 29th, 2018, and you're listening to Life in General with Ron Tang. Hey, what's going on? I am back. I feel like I am, although I never really left. It's just that things have been a little hectic with the whole injury and all, and I just want to move past it at this point. I gotta say, I think I've fallen off the wagon on the podcast a little bit. The last one was solely about the surgery, and uh, I gotta say, when I re-listened to it, one of my good friends, uh, he's like, okay, why do I care about your finger? Like, just just move on from it already, Um, which is true, so... Uh, so I just want to give everyone a very, very quick update. Um, yes, I am getting better. Uh, the antibiotics are done. I'm no longer using painkillers. So that's good. I will heal maybe a deformed uh, fingertip. Uh, I think I've mentioned that. Uh, and I'm still not sure whether the fingernail will grow back. Some of it will, though, I think. But it takes a long fucking time, maybe six months to a year from now. So no more painkillers. Um I do try to get off that uh, as soon as I can. I know those are no good long term. So I got this um, British British codeine. It's called cocodamol, which is like codeine with paracetamol. And um, I was thinking of actually throwing them out, but I'll just keep them just in case if anything happens, just in case. And no, they're not for sale. I'm not I'm not giving them out. I'm not selling them to people. All right. I know that we have an uh, opioid crisis in Canada, as is, and in a lot of uh, different parts. But um, yeah, we have a bad opioid crisis in in Toronto and in Vancouver, especially. So uh, yeah, man, opioids are no joke. So I'm just going to keep them at bay. And I I did as soon as I didn't need them. I still remember the first uh, the first time I went into the ER since the incident. And the first thing that the nurse asked me once I got in there, it's like, do you want Oromorph? I'm like, what's that? Like oral, oral morphine. And I was like, yes, please. And after I took that shot, which is like, it's, it's like in a syringe, you just like squirt it. And I just drifted off into this blissful sleep sitting on a chair, which usually I cannot do. Man, that was, that was good. That was good. But now, now I'm, uh, I'm opioid free. Um, I'm done with that, and uh, it's just healing time from here on out. So uh, I am back at work. I'm back on my diet, which I got to say, I've fallen off that too, you know? And um, when I came back, when I went grocery shopping, I just bought everything I needed for this diet, and um, I just it's so hard to implement it again once you've fallen off for like two weeks. And it's because you're playing around with like carbohydrates, right? It's like your body craves it. You know, it's, it's like a, it really is a drug. You know, anything sugar, sugary, uh, bread, pasta, whatever, like you have some and then you want more of it later and then you want more and you want more. And then, you know, you just spend the rest of your life eating them again. So, um, but you know what it is? Like I've just, the reason why I have fallen off my diet recently um, is because I've been blessed enough to have people around me that care to come pay me a visit or, you know, family that's checking up on me. And I just end up eating out all the time. Right. 
um, there's just an abundance of people checking in and, and, and you know, I'm, I feel, I feel blessed that they just come by and then, you know, we end up grabbing lunch or going out for dinner and then my whole diet just fucking goes off the rails. But, uh, I have a family member and a friend who are both nurses. Um, they both came by at some point and they helped me clean the wound with sterile water, which you can only get at the hospitals. That's why they will... Uh, remain anonymous uh, because they just took this shit from their hospital that they work at and uh, came over with the supplies and you know they changed the gauze for me the bandaging you know they 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 uh, cleaned it with sterile water and one of them even uh, shot me up with lidocaine the anesthetic into my I'm like holy shit like can you can do this it was a little bottle of uh, lidocaine and they just numbed it before I change the the bandaging because as soon as I take it off it just starts fucking bleeding you know the the fingernail part right underneath the fingernail which is like a lining of mucous membrane area it's similar to like the inside lining of your nose right like it's really sensitive as soon as you you know you irritate it it just starts bleeding so that's that's the part that's that's a bitch right now but yeah I am uh believe it or not back in the gym I've actually been back for a while I just I, I couldn't tell my mother and went against my doctor's orders. I remember when I first went back in, my mom called and she's like, are you at the fucking gym? I'm like, no, I can hear the background noise. <laughs> and I just, I had nothing to say. Um, yeah, I was back in there and I know it's, it's fucking stupid. I have figured out a way to, uh, I'm not using free weights right now. Like I'm not that fucking stupid. I'm not going to risk it. Uh, the stitches busting open like I figured out a way uh, the good thing is um, it happened on the most useless fucking finger which is you know my left ring finger I can train without my uh, my fingers to be honest there's a lot of exercises you can do that only requires your your palms you know pushing motions you know when I'm doing chest press or, or shoulder press you know you just put your hands and you push up or frontwards pec deck you can just use your forearms to close in you know there's leg days there's ways around it you know and I find that there's there's either people who will find the slightest excuse not to make it in there or people who will find any excuse to get their asses back in there and I'm happy to say I'm uh, you know the better of the two it's just disappointing that you know I didn't I didn't hit my targets uh, before this incident and you know I just in my head it's like there's certain goals and there's certain numbers every year that I have to hit. And it just boils down to like, I'm either going to achieve it or I'm going to spend another year, well, in my head thinking that I am a fuck up. So that's all it is. Um, but yeah, the hardest thing right now for me is getting back on that diet. Training isn't really an issue. Uh, it's actually a pretty good change, you know. Um, it's a pretty good routine change from what I usually do. So it'll be interesting to see where I can get with, you know, limited, um, limited motions and exercises. I'm all I'm doing is just staying away from free weights for for two to three months. So you know, you know, that's that's really all it is. But I'm having such difficulty implementing the same keto diet, um, high in fats, which I was feeling really good on. I am still eating the foods I'm supposed to eat, but it's just like, yeah, friends come over, family comes over at nighttime. I just, I just go off the rails. I am still cooking everything with, uh, you know, coconut oil. I'm still eating, you know, fresh avocados on a daily basis. Oh, by the way, did you guys see the, and I actually, uh, I did a rant on this 
not on a podcast, but um, there was an article by this professor, apparently from Harvard, that, that talked about how coconut oil was so bad for you. My mom actually called me and told me about how coconut oil is poisonous for you after looking at this article. Uh, and I'm like, where did you hear this shit? She showed me this via WhatsApp and I told her, like, watch, um, there's going to be an article. Uh, like I said before, there's an article that's going to debunk that one. And then there's going to be an, another article later that debunks that one. And then there's another claim and that it's actually false. And then I showed it to everyone that I know. And people are like, yeah, this this bothered you, eh? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it did. You know, I probably wouldn't have been so triggered if, you know, if I didn't have to hear it from my parents because, you know, they know that I cook with coconut oil and um, yeah, but for them to make this bold claim all of a sudden that it's pure poisonous, you know, just this is kind of misleading information. This is what fucks everything up. Now, now everyone is misguided because one person or, or one group of people wanted to stand out. I mean, obviously anything in excess isn't good. I just tell people, you know, do your own research, you know, because there's floods of people on social media will just like repost that article and they'll just believe it. You know, people come out with this shit whenever things are working out for everyone. And then, you know, they have a fancy name like Harvard attached to it. It's got to be correct. You know, it's Harvard. Nobody else is capable of research studies, right? Just them. Something as simple as coconut oil. And um, yeah, like, I, you know, I, I tell her, like, you, you know, put it in your hair. You know, put some on your skin. You can you can mix it with baking soda, apply it as, you know, cheap exfoliate on your face. Like, it does wonders and it saves you money. You cook with it. People have been doing it for decades. You know, they're not poisoned to death. But to, to boldly make that claim... Because because you're writing a book, you need your name out there at this moment, so you make some asinine claim to mislead people. But yeah, I was just wondering, like, if this shit's been researched, like how aspartame has been researched, um, like how MSG has been researched. Um, I recently found out there is actually uh, an MSG stigma attached to like Chinese uh, restaurants out there. Because I've actually heard it on more than one occasion that people tend to get more tired due to uh, MSG consumption eating out uh, Chinese food. I mean, even for the longest time, uh, Chinese people still believe that it's something bad themselves, you know. Um, but I found out that it was discovered by a uh, MSG was discovered by a Japanese scientist. And apparently MSG is extracted out of seaweed. It enhances flavors and brings out the taste of whatever you're making. Usually when you eat out, I'd say, unless it's one of those like freshies or whatever, 99% of restaurants have MSG in their food, okay? Even the ones that claim they don't, but the ingredients that they use to make it already has a bit in there. So any type of salty or flavored snack you buy, just, just look on the back for mon monosodium glutamate. Like it, it's there. It's always there. Um, and, you know, nothing has actually proved that it's bad for you, except for people's xenophobia, I think. It's just linked to a culture, and that's what these people use, and these people are the devil. That's usually how it goes down, no? No MSG. You know those restaurants, like even the Asian ones, it's like no MSG. Like, you know, they're afraid that they'll lose business because a lot of people will just, you know, go to other restaurants with MSG. I, I don't know. 
even Asians themselves, like the few generations that have been here, believe it to a point that um, putting out a sign that says no MSG by the window would be more uh, acceptable by uh, Caucasians that go in there. But mind you, everything else they consume in any other restaurant has the same amount of MSG in there. Um, all the fast food joints, semi-healthy joints, all the sna salty snacks that you buy at the gas station, whatever. Except for like cookies because, you know, it's sweet. Um, anything sugar-free though, uh, the majority of the time it is replaced by uh, aspartame. And that's another thing, right? That's It's cheap and efficient and really sweet. Also discovered by scientists, by the way. I do not know of what descent, but I did uh, read that it also came from a science experiment in which he spilled some of it and just licked it off his wrist and realized it had a sweet taste to it. And I guess then he saw a way in to produce massive amounts of it. But yeah, in regards to uh, coconut oil, you know, now some, some fucking fly-by-night professor who half-assed researched it. Was, was clinical trials done on, on people or, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if they just studied the subject itself and decide to tell the whole world that it's poisonous. You know, some, some professor who's writing a book and now needs their name out there, controversial or not, it's fucking shameless, some of these profs that decide to, you know, take that maybe any publicity is good publicity type thinking, you know? So now what happens is everybody knows his name. You know, he's the, he's the prof that proved coconut oil is poisonous. And 80% of the people that, that don't dig deeper for themselves, now the whole world believes that coconut oil is nothing but poison for your body. Like, like look around you, okay? Like your neighbors, now he thinks it's poisonous. You know, they think it's poisonous now and they're not looking deeper. They saw that, you know, international news articles and, and they all believe it, right? Same thing with milk, Nutella. And uh, like I've mentioned in one of my other podcasts, like there's going to be an article like pretty soon and it has already uh, came out like demanding that professor to apologize. You know, that one has already debunked his article. Like it wasn't even like a week after I remember. Um, it was like a cardiologist that's called him out on being... Um, I called the article out on being uh, unscientific nonsense. I, I swear if you if you asked your family doctor and spoke to professional athletes about nutrition, I would say take the athlete's advice. Um, not just any athlete, but you know people with uh, coaches and has done the trial trial and error themselves, you know what works, what doesn't compared to you know textbook pill prescribing. Um, I'm not. I'm not discrediting all the doctors, but, you know, I'm just saying that you don't go to a mechanic with a broken car or a dentist with bad teeth, right? If you want training advice, you're going to take it from someone who looks the part, right? Obviously not not professional bodybuilding. No, no, no. That That is something entirely different, all right? That is an entirely different world. It's not about health at all. Um, it's doing whatever you can to obtain a certain look to please the judges, and it's actually got nothing to do with how healthy you are or how much strength you have even, right? Once you're on stage, it's it's not how much you can lift either. It's how much you look like you can lift. And that is the beauty of that sport. Bodybuilding and steroids is as American as apple pie. That was, that was one of the quotes from my uh, favorite documentary, Bigger, Faster, Stronger.
it was well put together by uh, the Bell Brothers. And, you know, it's such an American thing. You know, the, the vanity of it all. The, the overconsumption of food and drugs and doing whatever it takes to be in first place. This is like the one activity you do that's literally all about you. And that's why Arnold loved it. He says like, well, you know, soccer team, you're just sharing the victory. You know, the things you have to do to, to place in the top is just, it's one of those things you do all that effort for such little reward and people love it because it, it's not something everyone can do and have the discipline for even if they took steroids, right? You know, a lot of people would be like, oh, look at those guys. It's, it's, it's steroids. But the fact is, you know, even if a lot of those people that were bitching about others using steroids, even if they used it, they're not going to look like a pro. All right. Most people won't. Yeah, sure. He's taking some synthetic testosterone for whichever reason. I don't know. Cosmetic gym rat looking to go pro professional model actor prepping for a role. Who the fuck knows? Right. But I do know that, you know, he's around the clock with his nutrition and his sleep and his training and his eating discipline and his mental fortitude. Because, you know, training is pretty standard, all right? A lot of people say, you know, I train hard. Yeah, I push, but I don't look like that. I, I, I push hard at the gym. Well, yeah, everybody trains hard. That's the fucking standard. It's everything else you're doing outside the gym that contributes to your physique, right? I mean, if, if you're not training hard and properly, that's, that's just the building blocks of a good physique. You don't sleep. You don't recover properly. Overtraining is counterproductive. You know, you train hard, eat like shit, counterproductive. I mean, you'll still get bigger. It might just take a bit more time shredding back to your ideal physique when cutting, but if that's the route you're taking. But yeah, I, I, I love that documentary. Um, you know, that whole Ben Johnson and Carl Lewis scandal with the, the masking agents uh, that they use. You can like cycle on and off them to mask like whatever drugs you're using. I have enough friends who has competed in, in you know, uh, nationals, provincials, you know, in the, M in the MPCs, in the uh, Ontario physique. They, they do it in cycles. And, you know, I, I know that whole world. And there's there's so many um, things that in, in sports um, that is considered cheating. And a lot of things is like in gray areas. And I think a lot of it is in the gray areas. That's what the documentary talks about. There There's things that athletes do. For example, um, you know, Tiger Woods would have his vision corrected into something where he can he has like superhuman uh eyesight where he can see beyond 2020 like further than further than uh usual that was never you know written in the rules of golf so is like is that cheating um there's such thing as blood doping where uh you know boxers or any high endurance athletes would you know draw their blood you know store it in, in cold storage and then you know when it's game time they'll pump that back back into their body so they'll have that extra edge uh, while they're competing in either you know um, in an Olympic sport marathons boxing or whatever and then there's um, there's actually people who can get the same result um, doing uh, running in high altitudes or sleeping in these high altitude chambers where there's less oxygen they build it themselves there's less oxygen. Um, they do this because the air is thinner at high altitudes, meaning uh, there's fewer oxygen molecules per volume of air. So every every breath taken at a high altitude like delivers less of uh, what working muscles require. 
and, and by training at high altitudes, like athletes aim to allow their bodies to produce like extra blood cells. So it's they get the same result as someone who is blood doping. You, you know what I mean? So blood doping is illegal, but that's not, you know, they get the same result. So like what's what's legal uh, and what's not allowed? So there's a lot of a lot of gray areas. Anyways, great documentary. And uh, recently somebody uh, told me that this is this is actually pretty crazy. Um, ben Johnson's 1988 race which is the year i was born so it's been 30 years they found out that um these lab codes um from their from their drug tests have been altered and that ben johnson is legitimately the winner um i don't know the whole story to it like uh you know few people have told me about this and i i was just looking at the article this morning i didn't read all of it so i don't know now it's it's most likely that they both fucking they both doped Ben Johnson is the winner of the two, or I don't know, maybe maybe he didn't, and he beat uh, Carl Lewis fair and square while um, Carl Lewis did did take some. I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of different uh, possible combinations to who did and who didn't, and the reports showed that there was a lot of uh, question marks, a lot of things that was erased and, and, and fucked with, and uh, unverified uh, signatures, and, you know, his whole drug report has been tampered with and the report they actually have like a copy of it now it's like scanned and it's shown in that article so if you guys can take a look um i'm going to look into it and then we can uh discuss about it well i'm going to talk about it next week but uh as of right now we are out of time um thanks for tuning back in i plan to do 13 episodes this is the 12th one and then one more gonna spend some time promoting it and if it works out i'm gonna continue if not i think uh this is it but um i think i'm just saying that i'm most likely gonna do another episode here and there but i am gonna take a two to three week hiatus after next week's episode so anyways guys uh thanks for listening again this is episode 12 and i'll talk to you guys later